Blog Talk Radio. everybody welcome to the march 14th edition of the habs 360 podcast i'm chris g you can follow me on twitter at chris g1980 as you look ahead to tonight's game between the montreal canadians and the new york islanders some news and notes in regards to that game that starts at 7 p.m eastern tonight a game that could be seen coast to coast on city tv it was an optional practice this morning so we got some information out of the coach. Some of it is still yet to be confirmed. One thing that is confirmed is that the Carey Price will be in goal for the Montreal Canadiens. And well, if we were hoping for a Price-Halak matchup tonight in Long Island, it's not going to happen. Once again, Yaro Halak will not be in goal for the New York Islanders. Michael Neuvris will be in goal for, uh, for the Islanders. Another confirmed information that we do have is that Craig Pattern, who was called up from Hamilton yesterday, will be in the lineup. And based on what we saw during the optional practice this morning, it looks like Mike Weaver, uh, Flynn, Manny Mahotra, Alexi Emelin, and Sergey Gonchar will be the scratches for uh, tonight's game. It is yet to be confirmed. We'll know that just a prior to a puck drop in tonight's game. Canadians played three games this week. It started off last Saturday when the Montreal Canadiens were in Arizona in Glensdale at the Gila River Arena, and they beat the Arizona Coyotes by a score of 2 nothing. 
It's always fun to play against Shane. Um, you know, I've always really enjoyed coming down here to Phoenix and playing in this building, and and seem to uh, find success down here. And uh, you know, tonight was just another example. And that's Carey Price, who made 28 saves for his seventh shutout of uh, the season. In that game, Lars Eller scored a goal. It was his first goal in 15 games, and the second goal was scored by Brendan Gallagher. It was a empty net goal. And it was a game, the Canadians coming off a couple of losses against the Sharks, the Kings, and the Ducks. We were hoping it was a game the Canadians would win easily, but unfortunately it wasn't. The Canadians, it was a tight game, and like I mentioned, the second goal was an empty netter. So in my books, that's a one-goal game. Then the Canadians returned from the four-game four uh, Western road trip. And they hosted the Tampa Bay Lightning on Tuesday night at the Bell Center in the game that was in the, for the battle of first place in the Eastern Conference. And, well, we know what happened between these two teams in the first two matchups they, they faced. Tampa Bay was all over the Montreal Canadiens. Would the Montreal Canadiens get revenge on the two games that they faced each other earlier in the season? Well, let's take a listen. Johnson starts to wheel his way back up ice for the Lightning. Johnson puts it through the legs of Kilmer. Around the net. Johnson with a shot stopped by Price. Freeland scores! And that was the only goal. That was Tyler Johnson who scored for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Lightning with a 1-0 victory over the Montreal Canadiens. And, well, if you didn't see the goal... The puck hit Tom Gilbert before, and it beat Carey Price. That was the only goal of uh, of the game. Let's hear the coach's thoughts after that game. No, uh, our team was ready to play, and um, we understand uh, the purpose of tonight's game. Uh, they're they're really this is a good hockey team, and uh, a lot of speed, and they play really well. They're tough to play against. Uh, but you could tell more the game uh, went on and more lack of energy that uh, we got, uh, probably due for that long trip that we just uh, we just came back. So in um, that first game, it's always always demanding to play, and uh, all the teams facing that situation when they come back. Uh, but we find a way to win, and Carey was phenomenal again tonight, and we ended up picking up one point. So there's the coaches' the comments following that game, and somebody should go check in the Montreal Canadiens dressing room if the model No Excuses is still posted in the Canadiens dressing room because, well, that was a 47-second clip, and all we heard was excuses by Michel Terrier. Even though it was a game that only finished one nothing, it was a game that I find that Tampa Bay Lightning dominated. Uh, the shots on goal were 36 to uh, 19 in favor of the Lightning. Carey Price, like you heard a coach saying, he was great and he allowed the Canadians to get a uh, one point. And the score was a lot closer than the than the actual game was. But then on Thursday night, the Ottawa Senators were in town to face the Montreal Canadiens. And in this game, final score, Ottawa Senators, 5-2 winners. Over uh, the Montreal Canadiens, Max Pacioretty scored both goals, his 32nd and 33rd of the season. One of them was on a power play. One of them was uh, during a penalty kill. 
in this game, it was a good first period by the Montreal Canadiens. They scored the first two goals to get a 2 nothing lead. And then I would say, starting from the second period, it was all Ottawa Senators after that. They scored five unanswered goals, including three of them in the third period. And that was the third time this season that Carey Price allowed the five goals this season. The previous two times were just a couple of days apart on November 2nd and November 4th. So that brings the Canadians in a sequence where they've lost five games out of their last six. In the standings, they've played 68 games, have a record of 42, 19, and 7, which gives them a total of 91 points. It currently places them, listen carefully, first place in the Atlantic Division. The Lightning do have the same amount of points as the Canadians, but the Canadians do have one game in hand. In the Eastern Conference, Canadians are second place. Behind the New York Rangers, both teams are tied at 91 points, but the Rangers have two games in hand over the Montreal Canadiens. Tampa Bay is third, and the Canadiens opponent from tonight, the New York Islanders, are fourth. Islanders have one point less than the Canadiens, but the Canadiens do have two games in hand. And if you look in the NHL, listen carefully, Montreal Canadiens are fourth place in the NHL, behind the Ducks, the Rangers, and the Blues. The Ducks have 93 points. The remaining teams have 91 points. So the Canadians are still battling up there for the first spot in the NHL. I'm not sure if it's worth looking at sportsclubstats.com for the playoff chances, but the Canadians are now at 99.979% chance of making it to the playoffs. And one thing that sticks out to me is uh, for the Stanley Cup, the Rangers have a 16.4% chance of winning. And even for the President's Trophy, the Rangers are currently 54.6% chance of uh, finishing first. Well, like I mentioned, Canadians are currently on the five uh, sequence. They've lost five out of the last six. Let's hear a comment that was made by the coach following Thursday night's game against the Ottawa Senators. Michel, tu fais quoi à partir de maintenant? Tu te choques? Tu fais de la pédagogie? Tu rencontres les deux à Paris? Comment tu fais pour repartir la machine? Bon, là, c'est ça. Pour tout te dire, mais ça crée. So the reporter asks him, what do you do now? Do you get mad? Do you teach them a lesson? Do you talk to them one by one? And Michel Therrien says, well, we're going to fix it. We're going to put things back to its place. And that is tied up to our question. The main topics that we'll be discussing in today's episode is, do you trust the coaching of Michel Therrien? Do you think he'll be able to fix the Habs heading into the playoffs, which is about a month away? There's plenty of ways to reach us and give us your comments. You could do it via our Twitter account, at Habs360. You can give us a toll-free call at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. You can also do it via our chat room on blogtalkradio.com. And as well, it is a poll question that is asked on allhabs.net. So you can go to allhabs.net on the main page, and you'll be able to vote on that question. And we'll be uh, discussing the results later on today's episode.
And joining me today as my co-host is the editor-in-chief and owner of All Habs Network of Sites. You can follow me on Twitter at all underscore Habs. Rick Stevens, thank you for joining us. Hey, Chris. Uh, glad to be back. And, and this is uh, two weeks in a row on Habs 360. Um, uh, this, is, uh, this is a big thrill for me. It's uh, no problem. Hopefully it's not related to the Canadian losing streak. <laughs> well, that's These other teams are, are coming in and, and wanting it more than us right now, and we uh, we got to get our mind straight, our, our mindset straight. Um, you know, these other teams are, are hungry for fighting for their lives and fighting for playoff spots, and um, we can't be comfortable where we are. You know, we we have to go into the playoffs here playing our best hockey. We're not catching anybody by surprise anymore. You know, when you're sitting at the top of the standings, other teams are prepared, and uh, you know, lately they've uh, they've found a way to execute better. And this is where we really got to stick together and stick to the game plan and simplify your game. You know, uh, you know when you're battling through this and things aren't going your way, maybe you're not getting the bounces. You just got to simplify everything and um, try to rely on your system. I mean, I'm not not worried about my team. Well, we don't compete as a team. That's a wine that uh, we're in trouble. And uh, we got to find. We're gonna have to find a way to compete a lot harder than we we showed tonight. So we heard there from uh, Brandon Prust, Carey Price, P.K. Subban, and Coach Terry. And, well, all three players and the coach agree that, Rick, it's not your fault. The Canadians are on a losing streak. Uh, <laughs> but they all agree that the opponents, as of late, seem to be hungrier than uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Do you think the success the Canadians have had in the first uh, 60, 68 games, which puts them down the first place in the conference, do you think that has made the Canadians a little bit too comfortable in their shoes? Well, it's certainly possible. Um, you know, I, I, if there was any question uh, about who has been carrying this team all uh, season long, uh, I, you know, it's we've known that, but I think it's been confirmed for for uh, both fans and, and analysts around the league that Carey Price has carried this team. There's been some flaws uh for a long time, and uh, and right now, it's the opponents that are uh, exploiting those flaws. And I think, um, you know, Carey Price, Carey Price is is not only uh, the MVP of this team and and probably the league, uh, you know, on the ice, but but he's a he's a tremendous leader off the ice. And his comments were were uh, really telling this week when he said, uh, and you just played it, uh, that. Canadians aren't taking any anyone by surprise anymore. Uh, teams are well prepared uh, to to face the Canadians. Um, they they have they've watched the film. They've um, learned from other teams how to exploit uh, uh, the Canadians' uh, weaknesses. Um, and we we certainly saw it, particularly uh, on the Western Road Swing, when the Canadians had to go up against the the bigger teams. Um, that that they had some difficulty, and they they we know they are a perimeter team. Um, they they don't get the close-in shots. They don't get second and third shot opportunities. Um, and meanwhile, at the other end, they're giving up way too many prime scoring chances. Um, you know, if you look at those heat charts around Carey Price's uh, crease, it's blazing red. Um, and uh, you know the, the 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 other teams have adjusted, uh, the Canadians have not. Um, 
you know, Michelle Therrien said said this week in a in a interview with Arpan Basu. Um, let me just read his quote. He said, "But regarding systems and stuff like that, we're not changing nothing. I don't think any teams at this time of year start changing anything regarding the way that they play." And I'm not sure that that's true. Um, I I think that that the Canadians haven't adapted. Other teams have adapted, and um, that's that's why we're seeing the uh, compete level. Uh, sure, but you, I, you know, you look at the, the games, and and the the team is is certainly uh, you know giving effort. Maybe not 60 minutes, but they are giving effort. Uh, but they're just. Um, their their weaknesses are being exploited and and even with respect to to Carey Price we saw against um Ottawa um deflections tons of traffic in front pucks off uh Canadians players um, cuz otherwise Carey Price is going to stop it but but teams have figured it figured out how to get to the Canadians weaknesses and I think it's up to the coaching staff to to sit down and and um, as Terry, as you played, Terry said, fix it, but not only fix and maybe adjust their own uh, tactics, but uh, look at ways at exploiting other teams the way other teams have have studied and analyzed uh, the Canadians. And just to to add on it, when you're when you're first place, pretty much the entire season or battling for first place in the division or the conference or the NHL, I think it's. Uh, it's harder in terms in human nature of actually taking that step of adapting. And you're probably thinking in the back of your mind, no, we're first place. We're doing good. Why do we need to change anything? It's working. We're, we're, we're first place. And I think this is where the Canadians are at the point right now where they've lost five out of the six games and it will make them a little bit more uh, modest. We'll bring them now back uh, down to earth. Oh, we, 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 a group got uh, a lot of confidence and that's a good thing. And um, we're facing adversity a little bit right now. There's nothing wrong to face adversity. Uh, it's always uh, how you're going to react to adversity. And the number one thing, you need to have the right attitude. And that group's kept, uh, since we're here the last year, we always get the right attitude to bounce back. And I got a lot of confidence on that group. But we also have a lot of guys who don't have playoff experience, who haven't been in this situation before where they're top of their conference, and it's very easy to sit back, you know, but in this league it's too good. So I, I don't mind us going through this adversity. I think it's good. I think it's going to make us a better team. So P.K. Subban saying that this adversity uh, will make the team better, and I tend to agree with him. I think that, that it will. This is probably considering uh, the time of the season where they're at. It's probably their biggest low point of the season that they've had so far, where in the last stretch of games, they faced a lot of teams, except for the Coyotes, of course, who were desperate, who were either fighting for a playoff spot, or etc. Most of the teams that they faced were in a more desperate situation than the, the Montreal Canadiens. And it's adversity right now. Rick, I think, is going to force the Canadiens to be a little bit more disciplined, focused, and maybe taking, adapting, and changing a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. They they have to adapt their game. They have to uh, be more focused. They have to um, drive to the net, um, create more scoring chances in those areas, in the high percentage scoring areas. 
um, you know, we, we're, we just haven't seen, uh, particularly the top two lines, we just haven't seen them uh, do a lot of, uh, create much in the way of scoring chances or take shots or, um, you know, Max Pacioretty is, is carrying the offense and, and um, there just hasn't been a lot of bear down and, and um, you know, create your own opportunities. Uh, we haven't seen much of that. So still to come here on uh, Hot 360, we're going to tackle our question of the day, which is, well, do you trust Michel Terrier's coaching? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can call us toll-free at one 877 And don't forget, you can also vote on the poll question on allhabs.net. But up next, the Canadians have scored eight goals in their last six games. We'll help the coach fix that issue. This is the Habs360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Want the latest Habs news with game reviews, reviews, and highlights? Tell about full coverage of development camps and special events. Looking to follow the Hamilton Bulldogs more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got everything you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Hi. I'm Chris G. The Habs360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 podcast and follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM has proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundation, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. It's not about the offensive side tonight because uh, we weren't going to need six goals. Nothing about the offense tonight. But regarding system and stuff like that, you know, it's like we're not we're not changing it. Nothing. And I don't think any teams at the, this time of the year they start 
changing anything regarding the way that they play. But um, it's, it's, it's the time of year that uh, um, you want to bring a little bit more stuff, and, uh, and you get to keep the player on their toes again. You know, you know player loves to um, to learn new things. It's like going to school. You know, the teacher not not going to give up, not going to give everything that he got in the first week. He's going to make sure that there are students learning all season long. It's the same thing in coaching. All right, welcome back. I'm Chris G along with uh, Rick Stevens from uh, AllHabs.net. So we heard there the coach saying that well, Zeeland in the game against the Ottawa Senators had nothing to do with offense because well they needed six goals. So it's pretty much saying it doesn't have the players to allow a team to score six goals in a game. And well, I have, on that sense, I agree with him. In fact, the Canadians in the last six games they've scored a total of eight goals. One of them was an empty net goal. It was a game against the Arizona Coyotes. And while we said it. When uh, Thomas Vanek left the the season last year when uh, he signed with Minnesota, we mentioned it prior to the Canadiens' uh, first game this season. Uh, during the season, we've said it. Heading into trade deadline, we said it as well. But the fact is that the Canadiens did not acquire a top six forward, which is, I believe right now, is the Canadiens' number one uh, need like from what they're missing in their in the roster, and Rick, I think it's finally starting to catch up to the Montreal Canadiens. Well, uh, you know, you're right. Um, there, the the goal was to, to add a top six forward, and that's going back to to the free agency period last year, uh, last summer, and and that top six forward, that answer was supposed to be P.A. Parenteau. He has not been. Uh, we talked about that last week, uh, his his lack of offense. Um, and at the trade deadline, um, uh, Mark Bergevin was not able to add uh, a, a top six forward. Not that, you know, Ed, it's a difficult thing to do at that time of year, and he would have had to uh, give up a ton to uh, to get one. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know that, that I'm prepared to criticize him for not um, – uh, going out and getting that top six forward then. But then the question comes, are the Canadians using the offensive talent they have properly? Um, you have, uh, you know, people like Brian Wild from CTV Montreal saying, saying it's a matter of strength down the center. And he would like for the last, I think he said it when there was 20 games left, to see uh, Galchenyuk, Plikanitz, Eller and De La Rose being the, the, the Canadians' uh, four uh, centers, building around that strength uh, at the center position um, and, and moving from there. So, you know, Brian's talking about the, the, uh, the, the personnel itself. Um, maybe it's a matter of, of tactics as well. Um, each player who's been traded, who's come into the Canadians, has talked about how different even if they're coming from other teams, have talked about how different the Canadian system is. Um, that, you know, Smith Pelly noted that there was there was uh, a lot more structure in Anaheim. Everyone knew where everyone was going to be, uh, whereas the Canadians are using a read and react system um, and a, a little more loose. Um, that that 
you know that that's why Can- the Canadians are a very good transition team um, with that quick strike offense that we've seen. Uh, but when they face bigger teams, very aggressive teams uh, like the Ducks, when they when they face good skating teams, uh, that system falls apart and and you know players are looking kind of scattered on the ice and and it's a disjointed and ineffective system. So I think I think it's a bit of both. I think it's um, as you say, maybe they don't have the personnel. I think it's partly tactics at this time of year, the, the kind of style they're playing, and um, you know, it's we can't add players now. I, I, I don't see a player coming up from Hamilton and filling that top six role. So it has to be um, putting the, putting the players that you have in the best position to succeed, and and exploiting the offense that you already have in in the lineup to get the most goals out of it. Yeah, and like you said, there's no other options besides the Hamilton Dogs, the, the Bulldogs, right now. So that's not uh, definitely happening. And looking into tonight's game against the New York uh, Islanders, the Canadians, in terms of the forwards, will be going in with exact four same... Well, we don't know for a fact, but based on the practice that was uh, yesterday, it looks like they're going with exact same four lines that they did against the game against the uh, Ottawa Senators. And pretty much the same lines they've been using for... I would say almost a week, with the exception of uh, Pierre Paranto, who uh, made his way back in the lineup. And Pierre Paranto made it back into the lineup following the game against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning on Tuesday. And even his agent got involved, Alan Walsh, who sent out a tweet, and he writes, Montreal is gold-starved, and Pierre Paranto with 196 points over the previous four NHL seasons is a healthy scratch. So Alan Walsh uh, throwing some missiles, as you say, towards uh, the Montreal Canadiens prior to the game against the Senators. It was announced that Pierre Parent will be back in the lineup, and the coach was asked why. Well, as we all know, we received a tweet yesterday regarding uh, from his agent, so I'm sure everyone's aware of that. And uh, (laughs) when we received the tweet, we started thinking about it that he's be back in the lineup. <laughs> but more seriously, you know what, there's always a timing. Um, to bring some someone back in the lineup. And we believe that the timing is right for him. And uh, I got a good conversation with him this morning, let him know what, uh, what the expectation. And you know what, you don't judge players only about... Uh, uh, goals and assists, you know, and uh, this is something uh, I want to make clear with uh, with PA. You know, I want him to be intense. I want him to play his game. I want him to make plays, uh, to play with a good pace. And you know what? If the players do all those type of things, usually result will get there. But you know, you can. I don't want him to go out there tonight and make the mistake. I got to score a goal. You know, so I want him to play an effective game, and uh, and I'm sure he's really hungry to play. So, boys, the impact of social media. No, but all seriousness, at that time, I think uh, it was an obvious decision that Pierre Pirato needed to return to line up against uh, the Ottawa Senators. But going back to our, to our discussion before, in terms of generating more offense right now with the team that the Montreal Canadiens have, in terms of the system, the coaching staff needs to find a way to get guys like uh, Galchenyuk back into scoring 
on a more regular basis than he than he has lately. Same thing for somebody like Thomas Plekanec. We need him to get uh, scoring. Well, in fact, I could probably go through the whole lineup except for Max Pacioretty and say find a way for everybody else except for Max to uh, to start scoring goals uh, for for the Habs. And if you look at the the bottom six, I know they're role, especially the fourth line, is not to score goals, but from time to time a goal from them would also be uh, very uh, very helpful. Well, it's a young group, eh? And um, as a group, we're facing adversity, like game like tonight. And um, it's a good occasion for them to uh, as a group and we can't point only one or two guys regarding uh, leadership. Everyone's got to be responsible for their action. Everyone's got to be responsible the way they compete. And uh, everyone's got to be responsible about uh, um, to get engaged in the game. So the coach, uh, Michel Terry, speaking after Thursday night's game against uh, the Ottawa Senators about his leadership group and Rick, uh, this might not be the first test of the season when it comes to uh, the Canadians' uh, new leadership group. That is a group of five people, if you include Carey Price. But I think it is the biggest test so far for them, considering that it's it's crunch time, and they need to get their teammates as well and get everybody back on uh, the right track and lead the Canadians in the right direction heading into the playoffs. We we. We saw after uh, the game against Ottawa a lot of speculation on Twitter, a lot of anger on Twitter, but a lot of speculation whether what what indeed was needed was a players own kind of me- players only kind of meeting where they hash things out and and um, and I, I you know that that's that's uh, that always seems to have a, a positive effect when players are allowed to to um, air their their uh, dirty laundry in private kind of thing. Um, but, but one of the things I, I, th- I, I don't see that necessarily as a, as a problem. I'm, I'm not sure that this is a problem that the players can themselves can fix. Uh, they can put a little bit more pressure on themselves to, uh, you know, pay attention to detail and do all the things that they need to work hard and cycle and, and uh, win those battles. Uh, but they've been a pretty tight-knit group, um, you know, many of them have said this is the, uh, they haven't played on a, a team that's closer, that, that wants to play harder for each other. Um, they've said that throughout the season and even, you know, somewhat uh, back to last year as well. And so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that this is uh, something that the, the players can solve uh, on their own. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that, that uh, you know, players have you know the second, third, fourth line have said yes, we have to step up. Yes, we have to contribute every so often uh, to a goal as well. But you know, if you look at at um, you look at something like zone starts, um, the DRNA line is getting routinely is getting seventy percent of the offensive zone starts. Um, it's you know unparalleled with other teams. So if 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 other lines are if the second line or third line is is saying you know we've we've got to contribute to goals but all of their their zone starts are in their own zone they can't 
they they don't have much power to to do anything about that. Um, you know, it's uh, a lot of this. This is going to require the coach to um, uh, help them out of the uh, the current difficulties. And I thought the co- the coach uh, the Terrians uh, going back to PA Parento. I thought. Terrian's comments were were interesting when he said that uh, he didn't want uh, Parento uh, focusing on scoring goals. He he didn't want to, uh, the quote was, (laughs) put pressure on himself to score. Uh, Parento followed those instructions perfectly. He he didn't put any. He went he went out. He had uh, no goals, no assists, no shots on goal. Uh, he was he was he was a virtual ghost on the ice that night. In in a lot of minutes, he had uh, over six, 16 and a half minutes of ice time, and he had five minutes of power play time. Didn't get a shot on net. So well, that's why um, that's why he's still in the lineup uh, tonight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's, no pressure. He followed exactly what the coach had to say. And if we look at trade deadline day. The Montreal Canadiens acquired uh, three players: uh, Murray, Flynn, and uh, sorry, Mitchell, <laughs> Flynn, and uh, Jeff Petrie. And there was no roster player that was uh, sent back. But as a result of of those uh, three acquisitions, Nathan Beaulieu's ice time went down. Uh, Manny Mahotra, I doubt we'll ever see him play again with the Canadians uh, this season, unless there's major injury bug. Uh, Michael Bourneval sent down to Hamilton. And, well, Parato, he struggled to return to the lineup following his injury. And the coach and the general manager said that they didn't want to affect the chemistry. But do you think these small moves, like uh, Bowyer getting less ice time, he's probably not too ecstatic about it. Michael Bourneval being sent down to um, to Hamilton, you know, he probably wasn't happy. Maybe, like I obviously, I'm not addressing him, so I don't know it for a fact. Maybe there's somebody in the dressing that's up, uh, upset about it. And Pierre Paranto, prior to him returning to the lineup, maybe he was upset about it. Do you think that maybe, Rick, these moves did affect the chemistry of the team? Well, I, I, I don't. That's a very good question, and 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 I don't know the answer to that. But I, I can say that. That all of these moves, even small moves, um, and you had, um, you know, there, there were roster players that, uh, as you say, that that were were moved. Uh, Bor- Michael Barneval leaving uh, Yuri Sekash uh, out of the lineup, although, you know, he was scratched at times. And I, I think, you know, we saw uh, Devonte Smith Pelly come in and say, uh, and and he he didn't have that impact right away that. Canadian fans were hoping for, and he said that it took him uh, six or seven games to really figure out um, the system, how he fit in, uh, his line mates, and, and that it's still a learning process. And I, I think anytime you make moves, no matter how subtle, um, there's a, a real learning process. Uh, um, Tom Gilbert had to is still learning how to play on the left side, even though he's a, a right-handed shot. Uh, Jeff Petrie said he has to remind himself that uh, he has to what side of of the stick that he has to pass the puck to Gilbert because he's a he's a right-handed. These are all things that um, you know make small differences. And unfortunately, the Canadians were uh, when those happened out west. 
and uh, facing some very good teams, very tough teams, and uh, they, 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 it was, it was learning by fire. Um, and so, you know, it, it's, uh, it's something that could turn itself around as these players get used to playing uh, with each other uh, over the next 15 games. All right, I just want to remind you that the Hab360 podcast is excited to provide one Habs fan an opportunity to win an 8x10 autographed picture of Brendan Gallagher, courtesy of Frameworth Sports Marketing. Frameworth, they're the largest distributor of autographed NHL memorabilia in the world and one of the largest distributors of sports memorabilia in North America. It's pretty simple to enter. You follow Habs360 on Twitter. Prior to tonight's game against the New York Islanders, this contest will go on uh, for every road game until the prize is given out. You tweet Habs360, your guess of the final score, and the name of the first Canadian's goal scorer. If you guess them correctly, you win. Simple as that. If there's multiple correct guesses, a tiebreaker will be determined from all the winners. For more information on Frameworth Sports Marketing, visit the website, frameworth.com. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to tackle our question of the day. We're going to look ahead to the game between the Canadians and the New York Islanders, and we'll start reading your tweets at the Habs360 is a Twitter account. But right now, you're listening to the Habs360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, search Habs 360 on allhabs.net or on iTunes for the archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or family. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entry, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Of course, experience is always helping. And um, 
I don't remember. I'm doing that, that job over the last 20 years. I don't remember that uh, when we start training camp and we finish the year, we went to a smooth ride. It doesn't exist. Well, welcome back to Hab360. I'm Chris G, along with uh, Rick Stevens from uh, allhabs.net. And the coach is right, especially in Montreal. <laughs> there's never going to be a season where everything goes fine and there's no uh, backlash from anybody. Uh, it's time now to tackle our question of the day, which was, do you trust the coaching of uh, Michel, Michel Terrier? Canadians are currently on a um, streak of losing five games out of their last six. So do you think you'll be able to fix the Canadians heading into uh, the playoffs? And, well, all this started following the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, where the bashing of the coach started. At that time, the Canadians were first place in the Eastern Conference. On my end, I find that it's hard not to trust Michel Terrier. Since he's been coach of the team, it's been what? Uh, it's in his third season. The team went from last place. They finished first place in uh, the Eastern Conference. Okay, they lost against the Ottawa Senators in uh, the first round. Last year, the team went all the way to the Eastern Conference final. They were two wins away from making an appearance in the, in the Stanley Cup final. And, well, this year, they're in a battle for first place in a division, first place in the conference, and they're still in a race to finish first place in the NHL. Do I agree with all the decisions that Michel Therrien makes? No. An example is, and if you're, if you're a regular listener, David Dernier, at one point he was on the, on the first line center for so long with Max Pacioretty, and they weren't producing, nothing was going on, and I wasn't happy about that. Then Dale Weiss made an appearance on, uh, on the first line, Did I agree with it? No, I didn't. And, you know, we could probably be here for the next 10, 15 minutes, maybe even an entire hour, talking about decisions that we probably questioned. But the result is the Canadians are first place in their division right now, and they're two points behind being first place in the NHL. A lot of people, I'd say probably a lot of um, the Canadians fan base, Say it's because of Carey Price. Are they right? Yes, Carey Price is the best player of the team. I don't think anybody doubts it. And he's right now is playing like the best player in the league. Is that a big deal? I don't think it is. Would uh, Coach uh, Quenville in Chicago, would he have the same success if his best players, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, weren't on his team? I say no, even though... I had uh, Nino on Twitter just prior to Showtime telling me that, yes, he would. What about the Pittsburgh Penguins? If uh, they didn't have Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, well, actually, look at them. They do have both those players. And how are they doing right now, the Pittsburgh Penguins? They're third place in the Metropolitan Division. They're behind the Montreal uh, Canadiens. Washington Capitals. They have Alexander Ovechkin. He's doing great this year. Well, the Capitals, and uh, they're not doing too good right now. Does that mean Boudreaux is a good coach or a bad coach because he has Alex Ovechkin? You know, it's part of the game. Best players are part of the team. 
is that we're talking about Canadians. They were missing a top six forwards. Is that the coach Terry's fault? No, it's not. That's I think that blame has to go to the general manager where it doesn't have to be necessarily at the trade deadline. It could have been during the offseason. It could have been last year. The top six forwards is missing in Montreal. The coach, he prepares the system. He coaches with the players that is that are given to him. And all good teams go into a slump. In the last 10 games, Canadians are 5-3-2. and two. The Red Wings, which... Example, I'll go back to Nino. By the way, Nino, I do appreciate your, your tweets. I think it's just a healthy debate that we're having. The Red Wings are 5-4-1 and one in the last 10 games. The New York Islanders, who are the Canadians' opponent tonight, are 4-4-2 four, four and two in their last 10 games. And the Washington Capitals, in the last 10 games, they have a record of 4-6. and six. Today, their, their head coach, Barry Trotz, Cancelled an off day for the team to have practice because, well, the team has been struggling in in the last ten games. The Predators, in the last who have been battling for first place for almost the entire season. If Nashville was a hockey market like the Montreal Canadiens, they would be saying that the Predators are first because of Pekarene. Well, he's he's back in goal right now. The Predators in the last ten games. Three and seven. The Chicago Blackhawks in their last ten games, five, three, and two, and the Anaheim Ducks have a are six and four in their in their in their last ten games. So we see the Montreal Canadiens; they're keeping up with most of the teams. And in fact, if you calculate the number of points they've collected in the last ten games from all the teams that I mentioned, Canadians are are in a three-way tie for for first place. So I guess. What I'm trying to say is I think the the Michel Therrien haters, they should calm down. Michel Therrien, he's not going away. He signed a four-year contract extension during the offseason, which begins at the beginning of next season. So you know he'll still be around for a while. I wasn't a fan of his hiring when, uh, when it happened a couple of seasons ago, but I've been pleasantly surprised with the results of the team since he's been as a coach and well I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and I'll say that you know what the coach I'll give him his chance and I'll let him turn his team around so that's it so that's my message to Michel Terry uh, Habs uh, haters so Rick I got that off my chest I'll let you answer <laughs> the question uh, the question of the day do you feel better now? I do feel better. <laughs> that's good. Okay, that's good. Uh, and and you know uh, you, you made some very very good points, very valid points, and I agree with a, a great deal uh, of what you said. Let me just uh, provide a voice to um, those who who um, who would counter that or debate you on that. And and I think we've heard. Uh, for far too long that um, Michelle Therrien is a def- defense first coach. Uh, therefore, that explains the, the lack of, of scoring. And it's by design that that uh, his teams rely more heavily on, on a goaltending. I, you know, uh, to be fair, that's, that's just a giant myth. Um, the Canadians are giving up uh, over 30 shots a game. Uh, that's uh, around 22nd, 23rd in the league. 
um, they give up. We talked before about the kind, the high quality scoring chances that they're giving up in their own end. Um, you know, Carey Price is just uh, he's facing a lot of close in shots, um, and and he's he's the one. Not a defensive system, but he's the one that's that's uh, uh, allowed them to be first in goals against in, in the league. Um, you know, you look at all the offensive categories, um, uh, 26th in shots per game, uh, 21st in goals per game, 25th in power play success. What's the reason that the Canadians, why do the Canadians have such a poor power play? It's, you hear this when, when the Canadians, particularly on the Western road trip, the, the analysts for, for uh, you know, the opposing broadcasts were, were saying, what is this? The, 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 the Canadians have Subban and Markov on the back end. Markov is one of the, the elite power play quarterbacks in the league. Subban's got an unbelievable shot. There's no reason why the Canadians shouldn't have a top 10 uh, power play. Uh, but the penalty kills have figured out that if you take away Markov and Subban, that the Canadians, they, they don't have any down-low pressure. They don't have any net presence. Uh, poor face-off management, difficult zone entries, um, and all of that stems from the fact that that Taryn is is bound to playing his favorites. And we've seen David Dayarnay. Um, you know, he's got two power play goals uh, this year. He had three last year. Back when the Canadians were, uh, you know, second in power play in the league in 2009, it was. Believe it or not, Glenn Metropolit with ten, playing the center position with ten power play goals. Glenn Metropolit. Um, so, I, I mean, a part of it is 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 personnel choices. Uh, Darnay is 62nd in the league in power play goals for centers. He's 57th in the league for power play points for centers. Um, and Tarion gets into this this uh, difficulty where he. Where he he he's he play, he coaches with emotion. He's emotionally attached to certain players. Uh, he's uh, emotionally isolates himself from other players, and they don't see the ice. and 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 it's the the responsibility of the head coach to get the best out of his players, putting them in uh, the best position to succeed. That was those those characteristics are often said about former Canadians coach Gerard Gallant. Gallant, you know, was was a great communicator uh, with with the the players. He was really effective at game preparation, um, and maybe those characteristics are in short supply now that he's moved on to to Florida, and and maybe it is um, a problem that the Canadians' ability to adapt uh, their system is getting stale. Uh, they're not able to make in-game adjustments because, you know, as we've heard before, um, Tarion doesn't want to change anything. Um, so, uh, you know, that's that's the counter argument. I, I think what you say is have said is 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 very valid, but I think those are all the counter arguments coming back, uh, and that's why Tarion um, opens himself up to a fair bit of criticism. I agree that he opens himself up to the criticism. I'm just, uh, I guess, uh, for me, I'm more of a bottom line guy. And the Canadians right now, they're, they're, 
top of the standings. So let's give him the the benefit of uh, of the doubt. Let's give him a chance and see if this team um, is able to rebound and head into the right direction, heading into uh, into the playoffs. Uh, some reactions on uh, Twitter from uh, on uh, Habs360 as a Twitter account. I sent out a tweet earlier this morning. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll touch about that in a couple of, of uh, seconds. Nino, who I've, I feel sorry because it looks like I'm picking on him, he writes on Twitter that he will not change his mind. Terry is not educated enough to coach in the NHL. Price has taken us this far. Uh, why did Pittsburgh fire Terry when they had a good record? So thank you very much for the tweets, Nino. And just like I responded on Twitter, at the same time, you can go ask the Pittsburgh Penguins why they fired uh, Dan Bausma with uh, relatively the same roster. Uh, Jim Snedden, in terms of how to fix a Canadian's offense, he writes, work on their cycle game in the offensive zone, need to keep the puck and work to create chances off the cycle. Thank you very much for the tweet, Jim. Uh, Jim uh, Santorassimo, he writes, he just replies straight out, no, that Terry won't be able to fix uh, this team. He thinks the Canadians should use centers properly. And Jim also thinks that the Canadians need to improve their, their power play. At this point... We're heading into the playoffs, uh, the power play doesn't become uh, the number one priority when it comes to offense. I think they need to be a good five-on-five team. And so far this season, I think they're up there as one of the top teams when it comes to even uh, even strength production. Uh, Grant McCog, he writes, Didian Gallagher on a top power play unit and line makes cycling the puck a difficult task. Need the right personnel. Thank you very much for the tweet. And Rick, why don't you tell us what the results are on uh, allhabs.net poll question? For sure. Uh, you can go to allhabs.net and register your opinion. Uh, it's uh, right on the main page in the right rail. And it, the question, the allhabs poll of the week is, do you trust the coaching of Michelle Terry? And currently, um, the top choice by 51% of our readers is... No, I don't agree with his personnel choices. He plays favorites. Uh, in second place, uh, no, his system does not match well with the skills of, his, of the players. That's at 37%. On the positive side, um, do you trust the coaching of Michelle Terrian? Yes, he's the main reason the Canadians are at the top of the standings. I get that what, what you were saying. That's at 9%. And uh, the bottom answer, uh, yes, he's very good at getting the best out of his players. That's uh, currently at 3% of our readers. So thank you very much, everybody, for uh, participating in our different uh, mediums. And reminder that Hat360 is the most interactive uh, podcast and most informative podcast. And if you miss an episode or archive, you can listen to them free by uh, visiting allhabs.net. I mean, obviously, I mean, num- numbers-wise, it's always, uh, you know, anyone can really do the math, but, uh, you know, to get a, you know, to get the call and, uh, you know, another opportunity is great. So that is Craig Patteron, who was recalled yesterday from the Hamilton Bulldogs, and Patteron will be in the lineup tonight. 
even though it hasn't been confirmed, it seems like Sergey Gonchar will be out of the lineup for the Montreal Canadiens. But yesterday, uh, Rick, it seemed, based on the, the, the duos on defense, it was Bollier who was practicing with Weaver. So it seemed like uh, Nathan Bollier would have been the defenseman sitting out. And boy, did that cause uh, lots of controversy once again on uh, social uh, social media. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, Tarion is, is trying to get um, Nate's attention. Um, you know, after a good stretch of games this season, paired with Sergei Gonchar, um, Nathan Boyer started to look like the defenseman we were promised he would be, a smooth skater, puck-moving uh, D-man. Um, he'd smartly pick his spots to contribute to the offense, play good defense, um, and, and let's give full credit to the mentorship of Gonchar for that. Um, he, then he played a, a stretch of games when Gonchar was out of the lineup with 20 more minutes, uh, 20, more than 20 minutes of ice time, and he looked pretty good. Um, then it appears that he started kind of reading his own press clippings and falling back into bad habits. He was struggling to read the plays in his own zone. Uh, he was not playing very good positional hockey we saw in the Ottawa game on Carlson's first goal uh Eric Carlson was all alone uh Nate was way out of position um and and Beaulieu ended up as a minus three uh in that game against Ottawa um his play has fallen off sharply in March and his ice time has dropped uh, uh to you know around 12 12 minutes a game um and and his contributions were were less. Um, he he's even even the Canadians uh, win way back um, February 26th against the Blue Jackets is a 5-2 game for the Canadians. Well, he was a minus two. Uh, he did the amazing thing. He was on for both goals against, and none of the the Canadians' goals for. Um, yeah, you know, his biggest problem is is not his skill. He's got plenty of talent. The problem is between his ears. And, uh, you know, we heard uh, Patrice Brisebois, the former Canadians development coach, say Boyo's problem is he, his problems arise when he stops listening to the coaching staff. Um, instead, he, he's got a very independent streak. He goes his own way. He listens to his dad. Uh, and goes against what the coaching staff and maybe some of you know Gonchar and the mentors um, uh, have to to say, and 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 I think that's what we're seeing. So this 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 little tactic bringing up pattern is just to rein him back in and get his attention uh, back again and get his focus back on the game. And it'll also be interesting to see what happens because in the upcoming days, Alexi Emlin is also expected to uh, come back in the lineup for the Montreal Canadiens. So. Earlier today, I did send out a tweet uh, via the Hat360 account that writes that I wrote, I think everybody should, that was bashing Michel Terrain yesterday for scratching Bollier. Well, I think they owe him an apology because, well, we know Bollier is playing tonight. And, well, we had Chris Jones, smart guy, he has a name Chris. He writes, sometimes I really have the impression that the Habs organization really knows what's going on and gives the experts the finger. So he seems like he agrees with me. Uh, Jim writes, don't owe him anything. He scratched P.A. Paranto enough. Had Luis on the first line and still has the centers misplaced. And there you go. He's still uh, he's still hating. 
with uh, on the Michel Therrien. So, so that is that. Uh, Montreal Canadiens have a busy week. They're playing four games since our uh, until our next episode tonight against the New York Islanders, a seven o'clock game, a game that could be seen coast to coast on City TV in English and on TVA Sports in French. It is the uh, Islanders' second game in two nights, coming off a two-one loss against the Ottawa Senators last night. Canadians, one of the best teams on the road. Islanders, one of the best teams at home. So we'll see how that turns out. The rest of the games during the week are all 7.30 starts and could be seen only to viewers in Belleville and East on Sportsnet in English and on RDS in French. On Monday night, it's against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Last time these two teams faced each other in Tampa, finished a 7-1 game for Tampa Bay Lightning on October 13th. So we'll see if the Canadians are able to get some revenge on that game and the recent game that Canadians had with them uh, on uh, Tuesday night. Then on Tuesday, Canadians in Florida to face the Florida Panthers. And then on Thursday night, Canadians back at home to face the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So busy week coming for the Montreal Canadiens. Rick, thank you very much for, for joining us. Always great to join you. Thanks very much. Rick, you can follow Rick on Twitter at uh, all underscore Habs. Rick is the editor-in-chief and owner of All Habs Network of Sites. Next week, we're going to preview the game between the San Jose Sharks and the Montreal Canadiens as the Habs. Well, they're going to try to make up a 4 nothing loss on uh, from trade deadline day when uh, the Canadiens' recent slump started. And we're going to look back at this busy week. Like I mentioned, four games for the Montreal Canadiens. And hey, who knows? We might even have a special guest next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. My name is Chris G. At Chris G. 1980. We'll be back again next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Habs 360 Podcast. Have a good week. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, Follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.